Welcome to the Gals Guide Podcast. Join us on an adventure to get to know famous and infamous women from around the world. Each of our presenters has a pick. Is she ancient history? Is she breaking news? Is she safe for work? Well, that's up to each presenter. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Leah, Bonnie, and Josh sharing our African gal pick. Bonnie already talked about Huda Sharari. Josh already talked about Professor Knox. Josh, will you say her name? Because it's beautiful and I'm bad at it. Nakwanda Makunga. Okay, thank yes. you. We need him here all the time to help us pronounce yes. things because he's kind of rocked it for this I know, month. I right? Really good on the, the <laughs> yeah, the accents and syllables. Sorry, I was trying to... <laughs> Got it. Um, Leah already shared with us about the Agoje Warriors. Um, but before I introduce my African gal, I want to get to know something random about our gal pals. And since it's me, and you guys all know I'm a foodie, yes. and I can close down Jeopardy if it's a food category, <laughs> yes. I need to ask you, have you ever tried African food? What was it, uh, and where did it come from? Dun, dun, dun. Who's looking at me? I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, I have... Okay. I always worry about my spice factor because yes. I, I just have a very low spice tolerance. Like at an Indian restaurant, I can maybe have the bread on a good day. Like everything <laughs> else is like too much. I had an ulcer as a kid. Yeah. And so not only the spice, but also I just didn't eat spicy because I had an ulcer. So therefore it ruined my freaking palate mm. is what You haven't built up your tolerance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, I want to be able to try these beautiful flavory foods and not have to worry about like, what's the spice content. You know, like I hate that. Um, I will have a good bread any day of the week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But there are um, flatbreads that don't have rising agents in them and don't have yeast in them and don't need kneading Mm. um, that I just, I really, really like adore. And I'm debating on possibly making some. Oh, sweet. Because you can fry them up in a skillet and things like that. And I was just like, that sounds like a quick, simple, Mm -hmm. give me a good bread, like with three ingredients in it. And I'm like here for it. So, but I know... Josh also made a rice dish for us, which I think he's looking for. <laughs> I can't. I can't even begin to figure out what the name of it was. Did yeah. you get it at the Saraga store? Or was no, it, it just... was at Meyer. Oh, it was at Meyer. Oh, look at that. An African rice mix. Ooh. Yeah, it was like There's grains. a lot of seasoning that I feel like is becoming popular here now yeah. that we didn't previously talk about. Um, I mean, Zadar would be more Middle Eastern. I'm yes. trying to think of which would be African, but there's a... Yeah. Like a but lot dark, more spices. That... Right. But isn't that, it, that could be Egyptian, yeah. Cairo, Morocco, uh, those kind of African uh, spices as shwarma. well. <gasps> I forgot that's, how much I love yeah. shawarma. Yeah. That's about Wait, the. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, we've had. I love shawarma. We've had shawarma and different pita dishes that were like Egyptian. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's very regional too. Cause. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's a. Lots of different Entire Middle Eastern continent. countries have yeah. types of shawarma, but yeah, or types of falafel. Yeah, mm-hmm. but as far as African dishes, I am blanking. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Berber spice blend. Oh, I made something of that recently. I think I've and heard of it? It was painful. Mm-hmm. Is it okay? It's a hot. <laughs> well, one. I yeah. tried to substitute a... for another thing, and they weren't equivalent. <laughs> So it was my own bad, but it's very, uh, very flavorful spice blend. So, um, Bonnie, have you ever had African food? I don't think so. Okay. But I do know we have 
Indianapolis has quite a few Ethiopian we, restaurants. Yeah. Yes. That's oh, yeah. what I was going to share. Mm-hmm. I've been to an Ethiopian restaurant that was over near Geist. It's closed now. Gotcha. The owners were super sweet. But one of the reasons we went is, um, of course, uh, Josh eats vegan. And I do frequent with, it, with him as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Ethiopian food really pairs well with eating vegan. Nice. I mean, of course, the menu was pretty massive, honestly. Um, but they had a very big section of vegetarian and vegan dishes. Nice. And the cool thing about eating Ethiopian um, is traditionally your food is served on injera. Okay. Injera. Is that the like the leaves? It's, no. no, it's oh. a it's a big like spongy, almost pancake like bread. Ooh. So your food comes bread, on this big silver platter. Yeah. And there's a round injera. That covers the entire platter, mm-hmm. and you can usually choose um, like six to eight different things you want to try. Ah. And they put kind of a scoop of each of them around, kind of like the hands on a clock. Nice. And then you have some extra rolled up injara to the side, and you use that to scoop up and eat the stew uh, and eat it with your hands. Nice. Um, so, and there was just so many different things that were vegan that had tons of vegetables, tons of spices. Mm-hmm. Some was very, some were very spicy, and I couldn't yeah. do it. Others were more. Uh, what I could handle. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't vegan, but they also had a milk and honey bread. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would totally be down for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After that embarrassing showing for us for African food, I think we need to make a yeah. more of an effort to. Well, here's what I will say because I did I, I did feel like I was cheating if I brought it up. I have had and consumed and have in my lunchbox right now African chocolate. Mm. I will love some african chocolate mm. especially like fair trade ethically sourced uh mm-hmm. african chocolate it's usually dark chocolate it has more cacao in it it has less milk in it and it's so freaking good mm. um so i've especially uh when we go to like international food markets i'll be like what chocolate you got <laughs> <laughs> is it african chocolate because there is some good stuff and they'll even put like coffee grounds in it and things like mm. that and it's just so i love me some good african chocolate but i did mm. feel like that was cheating <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. All right. Chocolate bread. Well, these are my things. Totally cheating. <laughs> you know, the other thing that pops into my mind, because the way you guys talk about plants, I can talk about food. Yes. Yes. As I see a lot of people making um, here in the United States, like an African peanut butter stew lately. What is that? So it's like yeah, peanut yeah. butter and tomato, almost like a curry like stew with different things in it. Nice. For the vegan stuff, it's a lot of usually... Um, Butternut squash. Oh, yes. Or yes, different yes. things. So that's like a, a really nice idea to try. <laughs> <laughs> that if you want to dip though. your toes into making yeah. African food at home. Ooh. So, yes. Nom, 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 nom. Well, the gal I'm sharing with you has nothing to do with the question I asked you. That's, that's my, just my own personal interest. Totally. Fine. That was a Katie question. Um, but I think I like that it. you'll really <laughs> see how she kind of um, relates to what we do here at Gal's Guide. Yay. Um, because she was definitely a woman who found power in words. Woohoo! Right? One of my other favorite things besides <laughs> bread and chocolate. Besides beheading, <laughs> that kind of power. Yeah. The exactly. power of beheading words instead. Beheading with words, yes. And beheading with yeah. words, right. Like <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about Mariama Bai. Sweet. So I, I hope that sounded good. Yeah. I looked up so many times how to pronounce it, and everybody said it so beautifully, and they kind of slurred it into one word. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's Mariama Bai. She was born April 17th, 1929. Um, she was born in Dakar, Sweet. and she was raised in a Muslim family. Um, however, the reason you may know her is because she became a very famous author and feminist. Yeah. So um, just kind of the, 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 on the very cusp of the feminist movement there in Senegal. 
Oh, nice. Um, so she kind of became almost like the mother of the movement, I would say. Perfect. I know, right? Um, so when she was young, um, when she was four years old, her mom passed away. And she ended up being raised by her grandparents, but her dad was still a very active um, person in her life. But her grandparents' household was like a very traditional Muslim household. Um, There were multiple wives. um, And the custom and the thoughts were that as a girl, she could be educated until the age of 14. But after that, then she would become a wife to someone. Um, However, thankfully, her father didn't let that happen. Oh. Um, (laughs) right. Nice. And so, um, as a Muslim school girl in Senegal in the forties, which she was, um, you get to choose kind of that life direction at 14 and usually it would either be becoming a wife or it would be to enroll in a typing or midwife course. Oh, those are all great options. You get those two choices, typing or midwifery, Hmm. if you're not going to get married. Yay. So her dad said she could continue her education. Okay. Yay. And she has two choices. Yeah. Which does she pick? However, (laughs) she also had an incredible teacher who thought she was quite brilliant and encouraged her to try to go to teacher's college, to teacher's advanced school. There you go. Um, (laughs) So she had, she had thought she would just become a secretary. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, I mean, I think she was already kind of thinking those feminist thoughts and kind of looking at her environment and kind of like, I'm not cool with that. Right. But she still was kind of a product of her environment. And, you know, you're 14. Yeah. Here's the places you can go. You can only know um, what you know. Right? You can know what you yeah. know. Um, but she had this really um, amazing headmistress that saw more potential in her. Uh-huh. So she ended up um, getting into the uh, co- teacher's college. Sweet. And she received the highest marks in all of the French West Africa. Ooh, nice. Wow. Ooh, smart yeah. one. Uh, very much so. Nice. <laughs> um. So it's really funny because this headmistress belief in her uh, was very much come to fruition when in at the age of 50, she became one of the first black African women to achieve international renown as an author. Ah, nice. So that's kind of previewing to what she did. Right, yes. Um, but she went to her teacher's college and she spent about 10 years um, teaching after that. And then she had unfortunately kind of a elongated illness that kept her from teaching further. Um, So she became kind of, um, I don't know the correct word for it. And I don't think I highlighted it. No, 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 no. no. She she wasn't a teacher anymore. Um, She was like a teacher supervisor. Oh, oh, okay. So she couldn't. Yeah. (laughs) She went into middle management in the teaching sphere. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. (laughs) She's still, she's still in, you know, in the school, in the room where it happens, but not necessarily the classroom. Actively so in there. Exactly. Um, So. (laughs) Let's pop into the song because I made a Hamilton reference. Recluse. (laughs) or recluse those would have been you know my two options either middle management or just completely withdraw from society Mm -hmm. and become a recluse (laughs) i mean i know which one i would pick right exactly yeah like are those the two options (laughs) well i'm glad you're stalling for me because i'm trying to pull myself together here with my notes i got you girl (laughs) so the, the cool thing was about um her is there was a decent amount of information, mm-hmm. but a lot of it was really repetitive. Oh, gotcha. So, like, it felt like there were a lot of sources, but it was kind of hearing a lot of the same stories again. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, her life was, in my opinion, pretty brief. 
Gotcha. Um, she actually passed away when she was 51. Oh, gotcha. Um, it's a short life. Yeah. It is. It is. Mm. And so I feel like the narrative, as I learned it, didn't really weave what was happening. There was like, this was her as a student. Mm. And she went to teacher's college and she became a teacher and then she taught for 10 years and then she supervised and then she wrote books. Uh. Um, and then there was her personal life. Mm-hmm. And in her personal life, she... Um, was able to do something that was not always common at that time, and she was able to choose her own husband oh. instead of it being her husband being cho- picked by her family. Right. I was going to say chosen. It was <laughs> chosen by her family. Right. No, she picked her own husband, nice. um, but she also decided when to kip- kick him to the curb. Ah. Nice. And during her lifetime, at the tender year of 51, yeah. uh, she'd been divorced three times. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> Saucy. <laughs> um, so you'll see a lot of quotes about online her thoughts on I think marriage and relationships. Yeah. And one of them that kind of struck me as a little bit funny and maybe a little bit jaded and kind of shows <laughs> is that she suggested um, if you want a successful marriage, you marry somebody that loves you more than you love them. Oh. So I think she definitely had her hearts broken a few times. Spoken like a true woman who's been divorced three times. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but throughout those three right. marriages, um, she also had nine children. Whoa. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. It's a lot of babies coming out of a That's body. why I'm like trying to give you guys a timeline and I'm like, okay, but what yeah. I'm learning is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. There's Mariama education. There's Mariama divorce. There's right. Mariama nine children. Right. And I don't know how it weaves together. Right. But it all happens yeah. within 51 years. Oh my goodness. Choose your own adventure. Wow. Um, Delicious. (laughs) (laughs) But her longest marriage um, actually lasted 25 years. Oh, yeah. And this husband of hers was also, like, very politically connected and involved in Senegal um, with the French and the politics and highly intelligent of her three husbands. I get the feeling he was the one that kind of matched her in intelligence. um, But that also led to more discord because of that as well. Sure. An intellectual battle is... Amazing. So she spent a lot of her life as a single mom as well, while kind of being this between, groundbreaker yeah. of a teacher. Hmm. Um, and she was very much known as um, a very inspirational teacher, even though she only taught about 10 years. Yeah. In fact, there is a school currently in Senegal named after her. Oh, um, nice. And it's only the top like 10 or 15% of girls once they test in, that are invited to go to this school. It's like a little island off Senegal. It's the smart school, isn't it? It's the smart school. And by the time they graduate, I think they go there when they're like in their mid-teens, but by the time they graduate, they're there many years, um, they have a bachelor's degree. Oh, look at that. It's a little bit different. Accelerated. (laughs) But pretty cool. Um, So she's got this teaching thing going on. Um, She has lots of feminist opinions. It's the 60s. She's outspoken Mm -hmm. with these. She's writing Mm -hmm. political pieces. Is she talking to men? (laughs) She's divorcing men. Oh, my goodness. Three of them. Sweet. Look at that. I dig it. (laughs) You know, I say that, but there's also, like, this edge when I read about her that's, like, she never stepped out huge. Gotcha. Like, she she had her opinions, but she expressed them through written word. Gotcha. She wasn't throwing off her head covers at the train station. Right. Um, She saw her vehicle being uh, novels. The written word. Gotcha. All of that. Um. And so she also, like, you know, she tried her marriages. She had her nine kids. She served that role of, of wife and mother. Yeah. Um, but she also kept um, wanting to be a trailblazer for women, and especially women in education. 
Nice. Being having the freedom to choose to learn um, and That's to have a true rebellious thing to do. Absolutely, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Maybe she was always trying to fit in, but buck the system at the same time a little bit, right? <laughs> like, don't pay attention to me. I'm too busy trying to, like, you know, change everything, <laughs> <laughs> or at least instill this next well, I think generation. One of her quote was even one of her quotes was even about how um, women that had ideas outside of the norm were always going to be disrespected. Yeah. So she knew it was coming mm. her way. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely knew that by writing this way, she was putting herself kind of in that crossfire. So she's yeah. definitely a rebel and a feminist. Um, and I really liked this little story because it's about friendship um, and supporting another woman. <laughs> so she had this friend named Annette, who was a journalist and a children's author. Um, and she kept encouraging um, her to write a novel. <laughs> and she kept saying, no, um, you know, I'm not sure I want to write a novel. So her friend went to a publishing house and told her that she was working on a novel and to expect it soon. Oh, no. Mm. It's, that's like outing your writing friend. <laughs> right. She definitely pushed her out of her, her comfort zone. So wow. uh, Maramba uh, then was imagining these men at the publishing house mocking her for not following through on this writing that was supposed right. to be. I'm not saying this was necessarily a good friendship thing. Right, right, exactly. But it was definitely yeah. a kick in the pants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was because of that she, that she wrote her her first um, published piece. She has two famous published pieces that are novels. And this one in English is called So Long a Letter. Yes. And the library and has it. And the library has it, yes. yes. What? Oh, I know, right? So it was actually published in 1979. Oh, sweet. Um. But it was set in the 1960s in Senegal, and it's this um, woman who is writing to her best friend who lives in America now uh, upon the death of her husband. Um, And these are both women that kind of strove to be a little more modern, to step outside of that um, kind of Muslim housewife role. Mm -hmm. Um, And they chose their own husbands for love, but then both of them had their husbands kind of... um, succumb to their culture and decide to take on extra wives because polygamy was part of their Muslim culture at the time they're in synagogue um, to have multiple wives. And so they did. And the friend she's writing to divorced her husband upon having another wife. Uh Um, She did not. And she's kind of that her husband has passed. And during this uh, time of his funeral, she's writing this very long letter to her friend kind of about her life the choices she made, the choices her friend made, how it should be, how it shouldn't be. And it was just a very, um, a very well-respected, deep Mm. feminist piece. Yeah. Kind of seeing both sides and that in between of, yeah, of married women of the region, right? And I see a lot of people just talking about, um, not even just the content, but the words picked the, the, the prose, how it was written being so Mm. impactful and beautiful. Nice. Yes. So, um, that was 1979 that she wrote and published that, um, and it was immediately a huge success. In 1980, I'm going to have to find it for you, what what it won, because it's not an award familiar to me. Um, the book was awarded the first NOMA award for publishing in Africa in 1980. Oh, So it was a huge success, immediately translated into lots of different languages. Um, a year after it was out, won that award. Mm Mm-hmm. 1981, uh, Mariama passed away. Oh, no. Uh, Big success. And then end of her life. 
mm-hmm. oh no. How did her second book happen then? She had already been working on it, and it was actually published after she passed. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yes. And her second book is, I'm going to tell you right now, gotcha. The Scarlet Song. Oh. And it was, again, about a woman's marriage um, and about the uh, the Muslim ideals of polygamy and women's place oh. in the marriage um, and very much in opposition of that. Oh. Imagine if she would have lived longer, more nuance mm-hmm. and stories and tales. And she and... she died of cancer, and it was a very prolonged illness. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. So she she knew it was coming, and uh, people that knew her said she had made peace with it. Gotcha. Yeah. But still, yes, she it's could have been tragic. much more yeah. prolific for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. So one of my favorite quotes um, that she says is actually. Um, it's taken out of her first book. Mm-hmm. It's her, her character writes in her letter and says, um, the power of books, this marvelous invention of astute human intelligence, sole instrument of interrelationships and of culture, unparalleled means of giving and receiving books, knit generations together in the same continuing effort that led to, leads to progress. Um, or as Ba said to an interviewer the year before she died, books are a weapon, a peaceful weapon, perhaps, but they're a weapon. Yes! I love that. All the feels for, for book love and books as weapons. Yes. <laughs> the best weapon. What is it uh, from Doctor Who, the David Tennant? Uh, weapons, we don't need lep- weapons. We're in a library. We're in a library. We, have the, we have the greatest weapons or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> for it. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, and Aww. there's a there really is a nice amount of things in there um, out there about um, Mariama. If you want to dive a little deeper, yeah. Um, in fact, her daughter published a biography about her. Oh, nice. Um, in 2007. Nice to remember by one of her <laughs> nine children. Right. <laughs> and I was going to read you the title, but it's in French. Oh, okay. Yes. So if French. you just <laughs> that's Charlie fine. I can look for it. You'll. Find it. Or I can I'll put find it, it yeah. in show notes as well. My, I had a French teacher <laughs> for two weeks that said, don't speak it. Your tongue doesn't go that way. Oh, no, that's, that's too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Okay. I don't know those ones. It also hurt <laughs> Bonnie. <laughs> yep. Got it. Um, and there's also a documentary about the school that's named after her, which talks oh, about cute. her as well. So Nice. Yes. Look at that. I do I do love a good word warrior. <laughs> I thought you would. I thought that was the when books are... Yeah, or weapons. Exactly. And we have, uh, oh my gosh, it's right there. So if you turn around, you can see So I le- uh, so Long a Letter. It's a yeah. little tiny book, too. It's, uh, I remember it coming in going, oh yeah, no, this looks neat. And then I'm like going, wait a minute, you mentioned that title or that author. Yeah. And I'm like, I just pulled it to put it in the Is little it... spinny display. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, like, a lot of people think that it's, kind of autobiographical maybe and it's pulled from parts of her life yes yeah. but what she tells people is it's pulled from many of her friends lives yes, so exactly. it's kind of like nuanced she, that way she created it from speaking to many women um and, and learning about their experiences yeah. so it's kind of a conglomeration mm-hmm. of a lot of people's stories that she knows yeah so i think that's a good way to do yeah it. i read some um expert excerpts from it and I thought it was really nice, but I thought it would definitely be something I would have to like sit and digest. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's not something right. you can just go through and get yes. something from. Mm-hmm. It's something to kind of ponder. Yeah. So. No, I dig that. Yeah. Fantastic. Any questions for Katie? 
All right, then. <laughs> I like the panicked look I get on people's faces. Ah, it's because I was like so rambling all over the place no, with that one. You were thorough and you uh, answered all of our questions all... to the get. Because I told you, I don't know the timeline. Things happened. And then. <laughs> These are different was... aspects of our life. Put it together. It's a choose your own adventure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. Do you I wanna, mean. Do you want to wrap I'm 10 up? years away from. 11 years away from 51. And no. I can't imagine fitting in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eight more children, one more husband, right. two novels. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in you, A political Katie. resistance. <laughs> Josh says, I believe in you. I'm like, don't, don't do it. <laughs> Sounds exhausting. <laughs> I, I think you guys can always tell out there in viewer land that I admire them when we talk about so much because they do so much shit. <laughs> but I dig it. I dig it. But I'll no, I believe you can accomplish whatever dreams you set mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Plus, you're going to live far longer than 51 because you're not allowed to do anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to live longer than 51, Katie. <laughs> I'll try my best. And then I'll renegotiate the terms of 52. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you need me for book club. Yep. Need you for lots of things, Katie. <laughs> but sure, book club. We'll book go club. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, just wait until I write to an editor and tell them to expect Leah Leach's book. And if she doesn't, the men are going to make fun of you. You know, if they're willing to actually publish it, <laughs> I will take that deadline and really work with it. Okay. But they need to be cool and not just care about how many Facebook friends I have. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Boo. <laughs> All right. Well, I will wrap us up for the month of yes, February. Please. Yeah. that wraps up african gals month join us next week as we get those passports ready because we're going to have a crackling adventure a whale of a time in ireland want to learn about more women of history gals guide opened a unique women's history lending library come visit and explore our collection learn more at galsguide.org thanks for listening